Well, about this time in the Christmas season, we're often thinking about the ramped up level of Christmas chaos. Got places to go, people to see, things to do, especially for our family if we were making a Chicago trip, uh, getting all that ready, figuring out our timing and stuff like that. This year, it almost seems eerie, if I can put it mildly. It's sort of like the, the first Black Friday that we had when we came out here. Now, coming from Chicago, we were used to uh, people, you know, by 6 a.m., people were already having brawls over the latest toy that was popular or TV or parking spot even. And we came here and we were living in Canandaigua at the time and uh, we're up at about six o'clock and we could see, we couldn't see a car down all of Canandaigua's main street, which is a pretty long street that you can see in one view. And it was just freaky because everything I knew was so different. It was all chaos. Now, this year, after, what, nine months into this pandemic, it's almost like we could use some drama, in a good sense at least. Something to look forward to, something to get ready for, something, somebody to prepare to party with or, or whatnot. And while I can't help any of the ideas if you're of trying to visit relatives across state lines, we're going to be uh, not able to do it ourselves even, I can offer you some drama in a good sense and, and chaos from somebody else's life, which is so often the best kind of drama, right? Somebody, the drama that happens in somebody else's life, just to make Christmas feel a little bit more at home. So check out how the chaos hits one of our characters for this week, a young little girl named Mary. Let's check it out. Out of Luke 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. So we open up this story with Mary, probably the most grassroots version of you're going to do what? And consider the resume for this for a moment of this woman. She was a probably a young teenage girl at the time, maybe about 15 years old. So the context, it really doesn't offer us any surprises there because teenagers were often getting ready for marriage in biblical times. So that's not out of place. She's about 15, a girl, and about to be used by God. And for a doozy of a headliner at that. But she's also from Nazareth. I mean, the jewel of the Middle East, the same way that New Jersey is the jewel of the Eastern time zone. It's called often the Galilee of the Gentiles. It, the devout never would have expected that God was going to work there. 
Maybe that had something to do with God's choice of location. I don't know. But there's, it seems like there's three strikes against Mary. She's young. She's female. She's from Nazareth. The devout expected God to work, absolutely, but not in this kind of setting. Put that all together. When it comes to God using somebody, nobody is exempt. Nobody is off limits. You think your qualifications fall short? Never been a problem for God. God defies the big list of shortcomings with this story and many others throughout, throughout the scripture. Think, I'll just sort of hide out and do the Sunday Christian thing? It's almost like it's baiting God to put a calling on your life. If you think you're past the age of God calling you to do something, you know what? Let it go. Because just for the record, I went to seminary with people who were in their late 60s, starting out getting the education to do something like ministry. God's heard every excuse out there to stay on the sidelines of kingdom work. But the truth remains. In verse 37, For nothing will be impossible with God, even using us. You, you may get to the point in this story and you think, you know, okay, fine, God worked through Mary. God worked through this person who everybody else would have probably written off. But the virgin birth thing, I mean, can you just sort of explain that a little bit if you're going to go into a story about how this is happening to this person? How did that go down? Well, if you want an end-all, be-all explanation of that one, I'm sorry, I don't have one. John Piper, who a, was a pastor out in Minnesota, said, Don't look much beyond the text. The text gives us this. Verse 35, The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. It's sort of like the Holy Spirit moving over the waters during creation back in Genesis 1. You know, I can't point you to a YouTube how-to video on the Holy Spirit's working blueprints, how God does all this sort of stuff. But you know what? Everybody okay with God having a few how-tos to himself? Hang on to this. In creation, the Holy Spirit's moving brought order to chaos. It brought order. It brought sense to the mayhem that was going on. And yes, the chaos and the unknowns seemed to come first, but the order would come out of it. The design would come out of it. And this child that Mary delivered would later deliver her and millions of others. God had that figured out as he was orchestrating this whole thing. And the chaos of a broken relationship between God and his people would start to find order. So when God asks you to do something that seems like it's beyond your capacity, it may not make sense in the moment. But, I mean, here's a, a living example, or I am a living example of it. Because after I had a few years, almost a decade into a, a career, I was scared to death of the idea of doing seminary. And not that I feared the, the academics or doing ministry. I had been doing that for a while. But the rigors of seminary were daunting. I mean, I know a lot of people don't recognize this or, or realize this, but to get the degree necessary to become a pastor in any other field to do that much work, I'd already have a PhD at the end of my name. So how do you, how do, you do that with a full-time job and you're in a serious relationship? Yet another bunch of I don't knows. 
It's about the best answer Mary could give in her situation. I don't know. But cool thing is God does pull it off, as we'll see. And Mary is a faithful believer. Maybe that's why she's called favored one, as the angel puts it. We see it play out in her response to the bombshell that Gabriel gives her. Because she admits she doesn't understand. She wants an explanation. But that's different than not believing. Not understanding and not believing are two different things. Last week, we were talking about the same angel who visited uh, the priest, Zechariah. And he receives a similar kind of bombshell. He's going to be a dad. I know that doesn't seem like a whole lot of um, surprise, except he had basically given up on the idea of being a dad. He was an old man. His wife was probably not much younger. He wants evidence. And he can't be sure that it's going to happen. You know, I get it. He and his bride were, again, well along in years, as he puts it. Good premarital counseling for Zechariah. At least Mary and Joseph were young whippersnappers. Having a child was not going to be out of the realm of norm for them. As bizarre as the way that God was going to work it out. But Mary has offered a partial explanation, at least. As unsatisfying as it may be. Zechariah is given a rebuke and struck dumb. He gets plenty of time to think, maybe there was a better question that I could have asked. As we saw last week. So what, what I want you to catch, though, is verse 38 here. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary offers a response of faithfulness, even if it doesn't have full understanding. Here I am. Let it be. You want me to bear the Son of God? Let it be. You want me to be patient with people at the store? Let it be. You want me to be thankful when I feel like I'm, I have nothing but loneliness? Let it be. Then, if that's not enough, catch the next half of that verse, of verse 38. Then the angel departed from her. It, he doesn't fill in the gaps of her understanding. He doesn't explain anymore. He doesn't lay out the five-year plan of how this is going to work, much less the 30-year plan. She'll get that later on, and it won't be pretty for her. But it's sort of like Mary said, I'm in, and God responds, that's all I needed to hear, and goes away. Now, to be sure, God takes care of the details. He sends an angel eventually to calm Joseph's worries, because he has plenty of his own as he finds out about all of this going on. He gets Mary and Elizabeth together for encouragement. All God asks for is, I'm in. From Mary, from Joseph, and you know what? From us, too. So if you sense God is nudging you to do something for him this season, maybe it's being kind to a neighbor. Maybe it's, well, smiling as best you can through a mask to somebody uh, at the store. Take notice of that. Go for it. I know we got to be extra creative when uh, we're, we're in this pandemic, in this season that normally seems to, to have so much generosity of, of goodwill toward people and, and we don't have the means to practice it the same way. But realize all God asks is here I am, let it be. And then get ready to see God go to work. Let's pray together. God, thank you for being a God who works and a God who invites us to be a part of that story. 
invites us into that drama, invites us into that chaos so that we can experience real abundant life in you. Help us to find those new creative ways to share that joy to exp- and so to experience that joy for ourselves that you give through this Christmas season. Amen.